I think for people that are looking to really start up a business and to do really well, whether it's in this industry or another industry, just don't ever say no, say yes. So yes, you can. And if you don't know how to do it, you'll figure it out. You'll connect with someone that's going to help you or you'll learn along the way through your mistakes. Like you're just going to take action. There is always time in the day. Like if you really want to get something done, if you're an athlete or if you're a business owner, you'll just make it happen. All it is, is just repetition. Everything in life is repetition. So it's like, if their goal is to win a pro card, like what does that mean to you? How is that going to make you feel? And what's going to do for you as a person? What emotions can you tie with that? And then think about that type of emotion. You know, do you want to be in that position? If the answer is yes, let's get the fuck after it. Welcome back to the Health and High Performance Podcast, where we dive deep into the mindset and strategies to help you become your most happiest, healthiest, and productive self. I'm your host, Jessica Duchesne, health coach, engineer, and self-proclaimed productivity guru. This podcast is for the aspiring high performers who want to up-level their life, not just in their careers or business, but also their own health and well-being. Here we learn how to optimize your day through quality nutrition and exercise, better time management, and daily habits and routines tried and tested by the world's most successful high performers because I believe anything is possible if you believe it enough to take relentless action every single day. Get ready for today's dose of all things health and high performance. In today's episode, I speak with Troy Thornton, highly reputable bikini comp prep coach and founder of the very successful Team Destroy. Troy's resilient mindset and no bullshit approach is highly motivating and I just knew I had to have him on the podcast to learn more about his incredibly dedicated work ethic. We chat about the importance of having a goals-based approach in all areas of your life, the power of visualization, and exactly what it takes to build a successful business. Troy takes me through a day in his life and has some pretty good advice about building self-awareness and some wise words to inspire you to, in his words, get the fuck after it. Troy, welcome to the Health and High Performance Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. So for the listeners who uh, may not be aware of who you are and what you do, can you just give us a little snapshot of um, yourself and how you got to where you are? So uh, I'm so Team Destroy. That's the business name that I have, the team name. So primarily focusing on ladies for contest preparation, bikini focus, but also some other categories. Also do some lifestyle coaching as well. But um, pretty much where I started, you know, I've been in the industry for a long time. You know, I competed back in the day, 2010, my first natural bodybuilding competition and you know, I've always had an interest in coaching and helping people. And I sort of didn't really take it full steam ahead until sort of somewhat recently, the last two years. But I suppose from that competition that inspired me to help others got into the PT game. I decided to, you know, prep people on the side while I was working in the gym. It wasn't something that I wanted to focus on. Worked at the Arnold sports festival. That was a pretty cool gig. Did that for three years. And even when I was working there full time, I still help people on the side and then I just, um, I suppose, you know, the, the art of bodybuilding or the love of it, you know, it comes and goes for me, I suppose. And then it went away and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go completely all in. I think working for the Arnold was probably a little bit different um, than I expected. And, you know, when it becomes your job and all you're thinking about is bodybuilding, the Arnold, 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 which it's all about, which is cool. It probably took the love away a little bit. But when I finished up that position, I had a lot of time to get away from the industry and then I fell in love with it again. And here we are today. 
isn't it funny how you kind of come in and out of something and then only once when you remove yourself from that situation or from that environment, then you're like, actually, no, nah, I want to go full steam ahead with that and commit um, and go all in. So it's fine. It, yeah. It really sparked my interest again. And I suppose I didn't have a clear set goal direction as well. So I wasn't really sure the direction where I wanted to head into business wise as well. And I think that probably played into it. So we can probably get into that a little bit later, you know, making sure that you set your goals and you get after it. It's like, what is it you want to achieve at that point in time? Like I said, I was like, yeah, I'm happy to prep people, did it sort of for like the fun element side of things. So I was still competitive, but I didn't have a clear ambition or a clear goal to want to be a full-time prep coach or just a full-time online coach. Mm-hmm. And you talk about when you did your first comp and then prepping girls on the side, what was your first, well, what was your, your experience doing your first comp? It was really cool. I, uh, I did, I did my research. I never knew what bodybuilding was. I was like just some dude that went to the local gym the, probably the worst gym to train at if you want to get into bodybuilding. It's like no one was a bodybuilder there. There was this old guy that I eventually ran into and he encouraged me to start competing. He's just like, oh, you've got a really good structure, good physique. Do you compete? And I said, like, what's that? Like, I had, no, I had no idea. So then he started getting in my ear, giving me some confidence. And I was like, oh, let me just go to a couple of shows and, and check it out because I had no idea what it even was. At that point in time, this is how naive I was. I didn't even know Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder. You know, I just thought he was this Jack guy in movies. I had no idea. So I ended up going to a contest. I was like, I think I can do this, you know? And then, then I spoke to that guy. I'm like, oh, how long do you think I need? He's like, oh, you need to put on more size, take your time. I was like, okay, cool. Like he was, he wasn't a coach, but he was more so a mentor. And then eventually I did my research, got myself a coach who happened to be an American because I wasn't really that impressed with the coaches here at the time that were, you know, it was natural bodybuilding. So A and B was the contest. And I was like, yeah, these coaches, I'm not too really, I'm not really that. I don't have a lot of confidence in the conditioning that I see. And what I wanted to bring to the table was definitely something that I had to research, went on the forums online, found a coach and I was like, cool, let's get after it. And then um, competed at my first show, which was really cool. I won that, went on to nationals, didn't do so well at nationals, which I think was interesting, but um, I haven't competed since. Can you believe that? Mm. Yeah, I I, um, I always see on your Instagram, you post things like, you know, people asking you, when are you going to compete? When are you going to compete? Um, and I think your response to that is it's not my priority right now. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't have any interest in competing. Does that mean it won't change later? Look, look I, I sincerely doubt that it would change, but I'm more business focused now and I enjoy helping others go through the process. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into that, that point you sort of mentioned before about that point where you decided you want to be the best at what you do and that's um, bikini comp prep. And what was it that kind of flicked the switch for you? Because obviously you've built this empire now and you're doing super well. Um, Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that and your mindset behind the change? I suppose there was a few people that I was working with because I was a part-time coach. Like I had maybe like five, five clients I was just working with just for fun that I, and for anyone that would come see me, I would have to really want to work with them if I saw potential in them. So I was like always saying no. I was like, no, nah, I don't really want to do it full time. I don't want to accept people. So I was very sort of picky with who I uh, was working with at the time. And I had uh, two bikini pros, ironically, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and they were both encouraging me to do it full time. I was like, oh, I'm not too sure if I should. They're like, oh, there's, there's a lot of money in it. You can be successful. We need, there's a, like a gap in the market, essentially. Like there's no one in Australia that's just dominating bikini and you're, you've got an eye, you're really good at it, you know? And I was like, eh, I'm not too sure. I spoke to a couple of friends that were online coaches and I won't, I won't mention his name, but um, 
you know, I asked him, I said, oh, like, you know, is it, you've got a successful business. Like, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing really well. And he told me how much he made a month. And I go, get the fuck out of here. Is this, is this what you're really making? And he, he said, yes. I said, I was like, no way. And then I started getting angry and I was like, I know that I'm better than this guy. And I'm like, cause I was sort of not really, I wasn't being dismissive of some of the girls that were telling me should, that I should do it, but I just didn't have an interest. Money was a motivate, motivating factor. The fact that there was a gap in the market, it was also ha- happened at the right time because I was actually a judge. So I was an IFB pro league judge. And then I stopped being a judge. I was re- removed from the panel. And because of that, it gave me an opportunity to start coaching as well. So it pretty much the stars aligned. Everything was just like, I'm getting motivated because my friend's doing really well. I do um, have a love for bodybuilding. It's starting to come back again because I did have a break from the Arnold. And I thought about, it and I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to commit to this. There was this point where like all these things just, like I said, the stars align. I was like, I really need to get into this. I think I can crush it. And I was like, as soon as I committed to that idea and I knew what I wanted, I was like, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to be the best in Australia. That's awesome. I love that. And I love that mindset of just being and embodying the person that you want to be and just having that. This is what I love about you is you have this like relentless pursuit. I think that's just the best way to explain it. And it's a word and it's a phrase that I'm obsessed with. It's just being relentless, consistent on a daily basis. And if you believe it, then you can achieve it essentially. Yeah. How do you, sorry, go. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's like the law of attraction. You know, you need to, to truly believe in it. You need to say it out loud. You need to say it internally. Like your internal dialogue needs to be strong. And no one ever just starts off like wanting to just kill shit and get after it. It takes a while to build it up and get the confidence because I wasn't sure. There was, a, there was an element of uncertainty in everything. I was like, oh, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? What makes anyone become relentless or like to gain, to start gaining momentum is certainty. So making the decision to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm scared as shit. I don't know exactly what, how I'm going to do it, but I'm committing to the idea of doing it anyway. And then you just start. Mm-hmm. No, I can completely attest to that. And I think a word you said there, momentum, I, I also feel that with me and my business, I only started last year, so 12, 12 months. And once you get the momentum, you just need to keep moving. Like just never stop, always keep looking at what your next step is going to be. Um, and that way, like you build the the relentlessness comes with it and the resilience comes with it and the daily grind comes with it as well. 100%, absolutely. So do you find that a lot of girls kind of come to you already with that um, sort of ingrained in them or is there, do you sort of, um, is there a way that you help girls with this sort of mindset? I think that everyone likes the idea of winning, right? But no one really understands what it takes to get to the top. And to the top could be, for, for anyone, it could be winning a state show, winning a regional show. It could be winning an ICN competition, IFB, WBFF. doesn't matter what organization, you know, it's like what is needed to get to this level. And then, you know, you look at what you're doing. Am I disciplined enough with my nutrition? Am I giving myself enough time to train? Like what's your timeline look like? Is this goal achievable within a six month, 12 month period? And then you start programming, you know, in the athlete's mind, like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You know, and you're also going to be honest as well. So I think some people do come motivated, some don't, and some also don't because they don't have that set goal. So I think a lot of ladies need to figure out exactly what they want out of competing. It's like, what is the, like the long-term goal? I want to get a pro card. Cool. What do we need to do in the meantime? All right. We need to put on some size. This is exactly what we need to do to, to make it happen. 
We need to build up your glutes, your, you know, shoulders, et cetera. You work on your posing 12 month timeline. This is, this should be sufficient enough or could be longer than that. And I think that most coaches don't go through that planning process and embed that. Like if you plant an idea in someone's head, it's like a seed, it grows, you know, you need to install that belief. Like this is possible. I think that you've got a really good structure. You know, you reinforce that positive belief, but then you put a game plan together and just implement it, make it happen. And, you know, not everyone's always motivated, just like I'm not always motivated, but, you know, discipline as cliche, cliche it is, uh, cliche as it is, discipline gets you going. Like I'm going to do it anyway. Like there's many times that I'm working even with myself, like late at night, I'm like, fuck, I just can't be sh- fuck today right like right now but i'd do it anyway i'm like how would it feel to be anyone else right now like i don't want to be in that position so i try to push that you know with the girls as well to give them that belief like hey no coach is crazy than me like i got your back let's get after it and i fucking believe in you that's the probably the biggest gift you can give it to anyone is to believe in them oh 100 and that's so good that you instill that from like the very start as well um and like you said it's like a seed it grows um do you find that when girls first come to you, is there a trait that you see um, within a girl from the very start that gives them that competitive edge or you're like, okay, this girl's, this girl means business and it's maybe just something in their personality or something that they do naturally? I think yeah, ev- everyone's different. That's the most interesting thing. And I think that I also try to approach coaching different girls differently as well. So I won't have the same approach. So some people I'm super, super hard on because I know that they can take it. Sometimes I'm too hard and I'm like, Ooh, that didn't work. So I need to taper it back. And then sometimes I'm actually too soft and I'll let things slide. So it's trying to figure out, you know, who the person is, what their personality is like communication is the key. I just think it's probably a willingness to learn. So if someone asks me a lot of questions, I like them already because I know that they're, mm-hmm. they're curious, they're interested they want to learn. If someone doesn't ask me questions or doesn't communicate, I don't see it as a red flag, but I see it as concerning. So some ladies are scared to bother me and send me messages. And that's probably not the best way to go about it. Maybe coach some other coaches do get bothered with it. There is no stupid questions. Like I'd rather like someone just ask me everything under the sun about posing, about training, about whatever it is that they need to ask me. Let's talk about it. Let's get you comfortable. And then we can figure out what we can do moving forward. So I think the trait that probably works best is someone that's honest with their communication and just ask a hell of a lot of questions. And then after that, I would say people that are just compliant, like you just know someone means business when week to week, they're just making it happen. Like they just grow. They, they don't miss a check-in. They ask you a lot of questions. They don't miss a detail. Like those type of athletes, you know, are going to be really good. And I've got a few of them right now. And there's one person in particular, I won't even mention her right now, but she just blows my mind every time. Like I just, I think she's just on another level and I would really hope that others can get to that level. I think it's possible, but it takes some time to build that momentum. That's awesome. So inspiring to hear. And um, it's, it's uh, I think it's really important to kind of set that standard uh, early as well. Um, and to, like you said, be honest and open with your communication and from the start, like nev- never miss a check-in. Do you find, do you ever, ever have um, times where people are really good at the start and then start tapering off or lose interest or things like that? How do you get them back on track? I think, I think most people do that. Like even, even the really good athletes do lose that motivation and that's just resetting the goal. It's just having a pep talk. Again, it's open communication. If someone says to me, hey, look, listen, I've had a bad week, this sucks. 
you know, like, okay, what's going on? Let's talk about it. You know, is it, is it your training? Is it your lifestyle? Is it stress? Is it work? Like, what's the problem, you mm-hmm. know? And then talking about the goal again, all it is, is just repetition. Everything in life is repetition. So let's talk about your goal. You know, what is it going to feel like to, to get, to make that goal realized? So it's like, if their goal is to win a pro card, like, what does that mean to you? How is that going to make you feel? And what's going to do for you as a person? Like what emotions can you tie with that? And then think about that type of emotion. You know, do you want to be in that position? If the answer is yes, let's get the fuck after it. You know, mm-hmm. you've got this. So installing belief and that's the coaching element as well. So I think everything needs to be goal-based. It needs to be tied to an emotion. And then as a coach, you need to be supportive, but sometimes ladies won't also communicate. So it's difficult to figure out where they're at. So that's why I think open communication is number one. So I have some ladies, they might think that they're bothering me with, you know, saying some negative things, but you need to be saying negative things if that's how you feel. Like there's nothing wrong with, you know, let's call it being a pussy if that's how you really feel. Because I can help you work on that if we're honest with each other. Whereas someone that just pretends like everything's okay, you're not really coachable because I can't really give you what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it go it comes down to finding the right coach for you and seeing whether you gel uh, well with the coach. And if you are in a comfortable position where you feel like you can open up and be completely vulnerable. Um, Cause like it is a, a long grueling, um, but very eventful journey. Like, you know, like you said, 12, like a 12 month prep, um, you know, there'll, there'll be its ups and downs. And in between, you've got to navigate life as well. And a lot of the people around you are not on the same journey. And it's so, it's a, such a unique journey to be on and to see people around you who are, um, who may not understand what competing is like and why you're doing certain things and what, what your priorities are. Um, and that's what I really love about the sport um, is just that, that every day waking up and knowing what you need to do and knowing that you have 24 hours to get the most out of it and to do the best you can to move the needle forward. And so it really just changed your mind, trained, trains your mind to have that goal-based um, like daily application of getting closer to your goals. Absolutely. And I mean, look, everyone has bad days. Like it happens cool. Don't worry about it. Let's just move forward, get to the next day. Like you've got this shit. That's the thing. Like everyone has bad days, but the good days add up and consistency always wins. I like that. So tell me a little bit about how you stay on track with your goals. Like, do you have um, a, I guess, a way of asking yourself, like, what do you want? And then some follow-up questions. Um, Is there like a framework that you use or are you just like, I'm going to hit this x amount by this amount i've tried a lot of different things so i've got some like let's say like the goals that i have so i won't be too specific but let's say i've got some financial goals i've got client goals i've got the pro card goals like the amount of pro cards that i want i have you know girls that i want to go to the olympia um as professionals in the ifbb for example so i do have that i have also scaling goals with the business not just financial like revenue but scaling like these are the things that i want to bring out these are the things that i want to do and also with timelines associated with that. And I'm like, all right, is this possible? Like what's needed? And then I break it down and I never tell myself, no, that I can't. Like, even though I'm really busy right now, I don't think that people understand, you know, what actually, what, what truly is to, to be busy, right? There is always time in the fucking day. Like if you really want to get something done, if you're an athlete or if you're a business owner, you'll just make it happen. Like, 
I work sometimes really stupid hours and I'm like, wow, I'm actually planning on scaling. How the fuck am I going to be able to scale? But if I look back at the position that I'm in right now, let's say 12 months ago, I wouldn't have believed that I have as many clients as I do right now. And some really killer clients too. So I think that, you know, you're only limiting yourself if you have limiting beliefs. So I'm always focusing on scaling, thinking about what I can do better and growing the business, also providing a better service as well to the athlete. So like what extra value can I give? Sometimes if I drop the ball, I'll review the performance and go, all right, I don't see it the way that they see it. What exactly can I learn from that? And what can I do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Because not everyone's going to be happy with the, with the service because of its personality based, if it was communication problem or whatever it might be. So I'm always thinking about, you know, what I can do better that motivates me. And then I try to put it into a plan. So you can't see, but like we're talking right now on zoom, but um, behind my desktop computer, I've got a whiteboard and I've got a lot of different things on there. So I think about that. Um, one cool question that you can ask yourself is, you know, um, what did you, what can you do better today that you didn't do yesterday? You know, just a simple thing like that. And it could have been, all right, I stuffed around on YouTube a bit too much, or I didn't prep my meals. If, you know, your goals are like, Hey, I need to get back after the gym. So right now, gym probably isn't a priority for me or eating really structured meals. So that's not something that relates to me, but everything's probably more business goal focused and getting people to Olympia. But I just keep myself accountable because I just put timelines on, I put pressure on myself and I kind of like it. I don't like not being busy and I always like having something to think about. If I get to a point where I, I probably think that with any successful business, you know, you need to have stress and you need to have pressure. You need to be like, Oh shit, I didn't have enough time today. I feel like that every day and it creates a sense of urgency. And I think that motivates me as well. So I think for people that are looking to, to really start up a business and to do really well, whether it's in this industry or another industry, just don't ever say no, like say yes. So yes, you can. And if you don't know how to do it, you'll figure it out. You'll connect with someone that's going to help you or you'll learn along the way through your mistakes. Like you're just going to take action. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so much in there that, like gets me excited and I've already forgotten all my follow-up questions because <laughs> you're just preaching to the choir there when you speak about um, just asking yourself those questions every day like what did I learn today how can I apply that to tomorrow simple things like that and just being um, really like analytical and self-aware I think that's the biggest thing and it sounds like you are very self-aware and you are not afraid to pull yourself up when you know you stuff up and you are constantly reviewing how you're running your business and um, and how you can better yourself each day, and I think that's really like the key to be successful, like you said, in any industry. Absolutely, and I do that with some of my athletes. Like I've got athletes competing season B for IFBB. Uh, sorry, season A coming up now, and you got the state qualifying shows, the nationals, like. For me right now, like in, in my mind, like I've got the pro card 100% guaranteed locked lock down and it's between a couple of girls and I'm always thinking about like, how can I make them better? And if I'm doing the right thing right now, it's not necessarily overthinking. It's just wanting to do that little bit better to give them the edge. And if everyone's sort of on that level on the team, my logic is everyone else is fucked. Like, I don't care who's your coach, what you're doing. Like, there's no way that your coach is working my the hours that I'm working, the attention to detail with training program, the bullshit that comes out of my mouth, the in belief that I give these girls, as well as the posing eye, like everything's attention to detail. Like I refuse to believe that 
it's possible that anyone else in Australia is working harder than me or has a better eye. And if they do think that I'm uh, like, like good luck to them because they would probably not be sleeping a lot. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I mean, yeah, look, my hat goes off to you. I see on Instagram, like you post like these super late, um, 4am in the morning or something. You're like signing off laters. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I never used to post that. And I thought, you know what, like, I'm going to post that because I'm going to make it certain, like, I'm pretty much showing that, Hey, listen, like your coaches suck. And they're not doing the work that I'm doing. Like, I don't give a fuck or rub it in your face. Like that's part of the, part of the game because it's not, it's, it's a, it's like, yeah, there's an element of arrogance to it. You need to have that. You need to have that confidence too. But if you don't think you're better than anyone else, or you don't want to be better than anyone else, you're going to lose. Like that's the way it is. So if you treat your business that way and you're competitive and you have that fire, you have to be successful. Like, let's say if you're like, I, I want to be number one in any, any field that you're going into, like, just like competing, like who, who actually goes and enters into a contest? Like I would like fifth place, you know, it feels good to like to have, the, I want to be in fifth place. I want to be in the top call out, but I want to be fifth, like, fuck that. So it's like the same approach should really come to your business. And that's the way that I like to sort of, you know, push things forward. And I, I do pay attention to other coaches and what they're doing and, their work ethic and it honestly motivates me when I see them like slip a bit and I'm like you're lazy or you know you're I won't name name names but I look at some people's like clients I'm like how can you allow your client to pose that way and she's a really good competitor I won't get to names I'm just like that's the laziest thing I've ever seen like how is that possible that you've got these clients and they're posing that way or they're in that type of condition like it just blows my mind so I kind of get motivated by other people's laziness Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And like, you can, you can tell that you have this attention for details and like you really care for your team as well. And you want everyone to rise at the same time. Do you have, um, do you have a mentor or someone um, who like helps you or someone who keeps you accountable or something you check in with someone you look up to? I, look, yes and no. I, I, I think that there's this one person uh, that I, that I probably do speak to, but honestly, I probably spoke to him like once last year. And um, I actually reached out to him in the new year just recently. And I just asked him for some advice about scaling. And he just said that like, I'm on the right track. And he gave me some yeah, pretty good advice I won't, I won't get into because it's just going to sound like I'm completely arrogant as fuck. But um, yeah, look, you know, I'm just completely committed to what I'm doing. And like I, I'm as all in as I can be. And then sometimes even then I'm like, am I really all in? Like, do I kind of really work hard? And I'm like, the answer is yes. The answer is yes to everything. I could be doing more and I want to do more. So I can't even say that I'm all in yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like the idea of all in, but I'm like, is, does this, is this what all in feels like? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I've got more, you know, that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good attitude to have because you never want to become stagnant or um, content, I think. Um, and that's, that's another thing that I kind of grapple with as well is, um, you know, on Instagram or like in, in the social media realm, people say that you shouldn't be too hard on yourself or you shouldn't be like, you should give yourself the benefit of the doubt sometimes here and there. What's, what's your take on that? Is there a perfect balance of it or is it just based on your personality and um, yeah, that, that sort of thing. Giving someone the benefit of the doubt and like in terms of work ethic. Yeah. I think, look, this is probably, it depends on your mental health, right? 
So that would be probably the number one thing to, that's the only asterisk. Depends on your mental health. If someone's not exactly mentally healthy, eh, got to be careful, tread carefully. But outside of that, I just think it's all shit. You know, it's all whole shit. Like there is no excuses. Like I've, I've made excuses for myself. Like I look back and go, why didn't I start this earlier? Like what was wrong with me? You know, for whatever reason, my limiting beliefs, not wanting to go all in or the idea of going all in at least, you know, or just, I don't know if, I don't know what it was, like what stopped me from doing this earlier. I just probably didn't believe that I could do it as well. I think when I was doing it part-time, like, oh yeah, I'm just doing it part-time happy. And I justified my own bullshit. I think that's probably what I did. And I think that if I was presented an opportunity and I knew what the opportunity was, uh, like at, at least where I was going to be right now would have started earlier, but I, I don't know because I didn't see that opportunity. I didn't go for it and I didn't get that idea. So I do think, yeah, procrastination is terrible and I, I'm not about excuses. I think that people can make mistakes and that's fine. Like I make plenty of mistakes, but yeah, mm, making excuses and procrastination is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sort of got like a, a taste for it and you were like, well, you know, I, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Absolutely. Like you, you need to. And if you're yeah, business owner or competitor, I mean, it feels good to just go all in and just make it happen. I mean, if you're prepping for a contest and you're cheating on your diet, it doesn't feel good. So why would you do the same thing with your business? Like, why would you just cheat on your business and just not put in the hours and not go all in it? You're going to be like, oh, it feels great to be some shitty coach. Like that I'm not even making that much money. I don't have many clients. You know, I don't even provide them with much value because I don't, you know, communicate with them. But you can have a really good business and still have unhappy clients. Like it happens. So you got to, it's always like a, it's a revolving door clients. Unfortunately, not everyone's going to be happy with the experience, but you got to do your best. You got to provide as much value as you can to your clients. And I think if you focus on value first and you have really good results, then you're going to grow your business as well. So, and that only comes with putting the time in. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get people who make comments about your work, your, your work ethic, or you as a person and say, you're, you're, you're too obsessed or, um, you know, you should um, be a little bit less, um, you know, forward with your approach and things like that. And what do you say to those people? I, I think that, yes, yes, yes. Some people do say that. So I have a few people that have mentioned, you know, you work, you should have some downtime, like you should have some more, which is probably true, but it's not really that important to me having downtime. I've tried to do that. And because I've got so many things planned with scaling the business and I won't get into too much specifics now, but I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. So I can't chill out now. Like there's no chill. So it's very difficult for me to have a day off. Like I couldn't have a full day off. It'd be impossible for me to do that. So I'm, you know, I've been doing seven days for a long time. I've had half a day off or maybe like six hours off or something like that on a Sunday. And I was like, why the fuck did I do that? You know, I I can't, I just can't do it. So my mind's always ticking. I'm always wanting to work. But when it comes to having a forward approach, I think that it's very interesting because there's a fine line that I've learned between being authentic and being rude. And I was probably more on the rude side when I first started just saying whatever I wanted to say. I've had to tone it down a little bit. And I think it's a definitely a better thing to do. Like just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you need to share it with everyone it's a little bit too extreme. So it's not just, okay, I don't give a fuck what everyone says. This is my opinion. This is authentic, which is definitely what you want to do. Like I, I feel like I am, but sometimes it's not needed from a business point of view because the delivery, everything's perceived differently. Like if I, I might say it a certain way and you have 
five people will, will think it's this way, like perceived a certain way, five other people will perceive a certain way. So the message isn't clear and perception is reality. So you gotta be very careful with what you say. And I've had some advice to say, listen, Troy, you should turn it down a little bit. And then I might rev up a few people and say something crazy again, but it is part of my personality. And I think that's also what's helped grow the business is authenticity. So yes, it can be good, but it also can be bad. And it does bring you some shit talkers along the way. Your podcast is something that I, I listen to quite regularly. And that's one of the things that I love about the podcast is how authentic it is and how no BS it is. And um, like it, it, and I'm sure to a lot of other people who are in the comprep industry or are in comprep, it's, um, it's super inspiring and motivating to, to hear someone really passionate about it and to hear from other girls who are going through the process or, have, or, or who are professional athletes as well so um it's something that that sets you apart and um it's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on here because I love like your your um your mental resilience and your mindset and confidence behind you and what you do so another thing that I wanted to ask you going back to kind of like your work ethic what does a day on your a day um in your life look like (laughs) a day in the life well okay so um, just lately I've changed my schedule. So now, um, so I get up in the morning and I don't set my alarm. So whatever time I get up, I get up depending on what time I go to bed at night. So sometimes I'm up really late doing work. I'm in the zone. So my morning start, I know this is probably opposite of what a lot of people do. Like you're told, like you have to have a schedule. You should get up at you know 5am, 6am, 7am, whatever it is. If I need to sleep into nine o'clock, I'm sleeping into nine o'clock, you know, cause I might've been up to five, 5am. And most of the time that probably does happen but I am trying to go to bed a little bit earlier, but the, the morning starts different uh, depending on what time I go to bed at night because I don't put a cap on it. So like if, I mean, if you're in the zone and it's 12 o'clock and you let your normal bedtime, you're in the zone, don't get out of the zone and go to bed. That's so stupid, you know? So stay in the zone, keep working two, three, four in the morning. Who cares? Five o'clock, you don't have to be like, oh. And then everyone's like, oh, you slept in. Okay, cool. Look at my business, fuck face. You know, I'm putting the work in. So I think it's important just to focus on taking action. And if you're, if you've got the energy and you've got the passion at night, just go through it and make it happen. So that's what I like to do. But um, in the morning, cool, straight away clients. I, I get through my check-ins as quickly as I can. I reply to everyone. Um, lately, I find that I'm a little bit more efficient if I don't post anything on Instagram till at least one or two o'clock. So today, for example, I have a lot of people tagging me in stories. I didn't get to those messages. I've been having a little bit less time on Instagram, which is so much more beneficial. Whereas beforehand I was like, Instagram cool, which is very important for marketing, for brand awareness. You know, I'm posting results all the time and it gains a lot of traction. Everyone's like, oh, cool. This is a really cool team. I'm getting a bit of FOMO that I'm not involved. I look at all these results. That's, it's obviously important part of the business and also makes, you know, the girls feel good. The team culture is very strong as well, which is important to me. And it's important in, in any brand. But going back to the day, in the morning, I just do that as much as I can. I'll go to the gym today, for example, at two. So um, I was there for a bit, come back home, work, 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 work. I don't stop um, unless I'm doing meal prep. I have a cleaner that cleans my house, does my thing. So I don't have to worry about that. So the only thing that I need to do really is meal prep for myself, eat. And I don't have breaks. So it's like my only breaks that I would have would be if I went and had a meal. At the moment, I'm only having five meals. I'm not on a, you have to eat six meals a day type of thing. It's like, I'll eat every four or five hours if I need to, depending on how long I'm up for. But I generally get a vibe. Like if I'm up, for example, if I have my last meal at 12 o'clock and I'm up till five o'clock in the morning, then I'm going to have another meal. Like 
there's no, oh, this is five meals. Like I, I listen to my body as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, um, and depends on like what I'm doing as well. Like I'm interested in stocks as well. So I always check the stocks in the morning to see what's going on. Um, I read my affirmations in the morning. So I'm a big fan of that. It's very important to do that. Um, which affirmations need to be personal to you. You need to have an emotion tied to it as well. Just like we're talking about the girls before, you know, what does it feel like to have this result type of thing? And if you do affirmations for anyone that's interested, like you need to talk as if it's already happened. And that is what makes it very powerful. Like everyone can, you know, do their own type of affirmation, but I found that works well for me. And what I like to do, I was originally doing it in the morning, but I like to do it at night is I review my daily performance. So I think about things that I could have done better um, or things that I could improve on. Sometimes it's just talking too much shit on Instagram. So, you know, you need to network with people, you need to communicate, um, but it's easy to, to get caught up on that and like, Oh, did I really need to have that need to have that conversation? But it's also important for brand building to network, to make ladies feel good. Even if someone's not a client, if they ask questions, like you got to get back to them. That's got, that's going to help build the business. Right. So that's very important, but yeah, I don't have a set time that I get up in the morning or the only time that is set that I probably have now implemented is making sure that I train around lunchtime because before that I wasn't at all. And I realized that I was ended up training nine or 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, I'm exhausted by the time I do that. Then I come back home and then I'm working till like, you know, three or four in the morning. Um, and I'm just like, okay, that's really stupid. Cause I'm just exhausted. I noticed when I was training, I was just like, eh, Whereas now I train at lunchtime, they're about, I have the energy to train hard. I'm actually training a lot harder. So it's definitely beneficial and it's not affecting my workload. I still feel like I'm energetic after work, which is quite interesting. Yeah. On that, do you find um, that if you skip a workout, you're less productive in the day? See, I was skipping workouts because that was at night and I was putting work as a priority. I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's actually affecting me. I would say that it was probably affecting my mental health, if anything, not training it at all. So now that I'm training during the day, I've made that, I, I automatically, I feel better. So I think it's important to have that. Like, you know, when people have said to me, you need to do something for you, I definitely resonate with that now. And doing something for me just means going to the gym, you mm. know, or if you want to get like a massage now, like for example, if I go, go to the barbers every two weeks to get my hair cut, before I go to the barber, I'll write my name on the board because they don't have appointments. I'll go next door and get a massage. And then I'll get out of the massage. Cool. I'll get my hair cut. That's like my me time. You know, so you need to do things for yourself. But at the same time, you get to stay hungry and you can't procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I, um, I think it's important to schedule in that as well because if, if you don't make a plan to do it, it never happens. And I find like straight after a workout, especially if I do it in the middle of the day, um, the endorphins, the, the blood flow, the fresh air, the change of environment, and then coming back and like resetting gives me like this second wind. And I would assume like for you who has quite um, a long work day, like it would really propel you and um, allow you to be more efficient later on in the night. Oh, absolutely. Cause then I don't have to think, Oh, I've got to go to the gym. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym now. Oh, and that's, that's the feeling that I was having when I was training late. I was looking at the time, like right now, for example, would be a time I'd be like, Oh crap. Have I had my pre-workout meal yet? Oh, I haven't had it yet. Crap. And I've got to go train at 10. That was the position that I was in. That was stupid. Like I wasn't putting myself first. I'll get to my clients later or to whatever work that I'm working on. I get that done later, but I need to train when I'm, when I'm fresh and somewhat, you know, if it's not in the morning, then obviously now I've, I've decided to train at lunchtime. So. Mm -hmm. 
do you have any other productivity hacks or like anything that you do that you feel makes you more um, like maybe you're more, you're more clear in, in what you're doing, you're more efficient in what you're doing, you get things done quicker? Do you have so, any ha- yeah, having like a having a diary, so just writing a to do list. So for people that I mean, I don't do this now because it's so it's it's like my habit. I get things done. But if you, for example, have a big to do list, if you categorize it in A, B, C, or D. So A being high priority task and B obviously a little bit less, C less so and D like, oh, I'll do it later. And D could be, for example, for me, like doing my laundry, you know? Um, and A task would be like, okay, these are, these are the ladies that I got in contest prep. I need to respond to them first. And B would be, for example, you know, um, maybe someone that I know that's been struggling or I need to check their WhatsApp because I, I correspond on WhatsApp. I don't do emails and I would go to them first. So sometimes I prioritize clients depending on where they're at and what their needs are. And obviously I still work through the big list. Um, And then if I notice, for example, that I replied to someone late, uh, for example, yesterday, I'll make sure that I reply to them a little bit more efficiently today, depending on what type of correspondence they're on. So ABCD tasks work pretty well for people that are just getting started, but having a diary, like you need to put your tasks in your diary. That way you don't forget anything. And if you do, that's cool. Just write it on the next day and then put that task that you missed out on that you know that's important to you as the number eight or the letter A task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good tip um, for like just prioritizing tasks. It seems so simple yet we don't do it. And it is really, really effective because it helps you kind of categorize in your mind like and not feel so overwhelmed about like all, all these tasks flying around in my head, but this is the main thing. This, this is the non-negotiable sort of thing. Absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Well, look, I think this was like a really good episode, and um, we've covered quite a lot of ground. And it was really interesting to hear about Troy and uh, Team Destroy and the brains behind it, and like a little bit of an insight into, I guess, your lifestyle and how you run your business and things like that. Um, with that, just for like a last little fun question, what is your favorite meal to eat? If it was like the last meal that you could eat on on this planet earth, what would it be? Mm, that's so interesting. I would, I've definitely been asked this question before somewhat, maybe not the last meal on earth, but I'm going to have to go with, we're going to go with pasta and I'm going to have to say something like, mm, probably something like penne marinara. I'm going to have to do that. Like nothing beats a really good homemade pasta, like cooked proper Italian styles, like, and then just soaking the juices in for three or four days or even a week. Like that's, yeah, give me some of that. Like I'll take that any day. Are you Italian? No, I'm not Italian. Okay. What is your no. background? Uh, so my dad's Australian. My mom's Portuguese, Sri Lankan. Ah, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Bit of an interesting mix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No pasta. I can definitely relate. So good. What about a sweet dish? Sweet dish? Hmm. Lately, I haven't really had much of a sweet tooth, so that would be hard to to figure out. If I said something now, I'd be like, really? That's it? I'd probably say something as lame like gelati. Like, that's like as lame as that is, that's probably what I would do. Or maybe, oh, you know what? How about like frozen yogurt? Like you go to a frozen yogurt place and you just dump everything on it. Yeah, that's my jam. Love it. Me too. All right, Troy, thank you so much for being on here. Um, I where, where can people find you? Just probably the best thing to Instagram, hey? Like, I don't even, who uses Facebook anymore? I don't know. Probably I should, but 
you know, that's like a personal page. So yeah, just follow me at Troy J Thornton on Instagram and um, you can send me a message and talk a bit of shit on there if you like. Awesome. Thanks so much, Troy. Have a good night. Legend. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.